1: Big stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays, twelve thirty to three. Seven seventy. CHQR. Well, politically, it might sell well to to go after the one percenters, as it were. But economically, does it does it work out? Is it good policy in that sense? Now, you might recall, uh, shortly after becoming government, and they they ran on this platform in the election. Uh, the federal liberals and they touted that they were going to bring in a, a middle class tax cut, uh, which they did. They reduced uh, the tax rate for that income bracket of forty five thousand to ninety thousand, went from twenty two to twenty point five percent. Right, and obviously a whole lot of Canadians fall into that. Uh, and those earning over two hundred thousand dollars a year, which does represent more or less about the top one percent of income earners, they were going to face a tax increase from twenty nine to thirty three percent. So most Canadians don't earn that much, so they wouldn't pay that. And, you know, it's a political kind of perception, but there's a perception that, well, they can afford it, right? They they, they got money to 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 burn. I mean, what's a little bit of a tax hike on, on them going to matter? So it seemed politically sellable, and it, it had seemed like the kind of thing that we easily bring in some revenue. But It yeah. hasn't worked out. So why is that? Well, a new report out today from the C.D. Howe Institute Takes a look at how those income earners responded uh, to that tax increase and what we can learn from those those kinds of responses and, and changing behavior amongst top income earners. Joining us to talk more about it is uh, Alex Lauren, who is uh, Director of Research at the CD Howe Institute, cdhowe.org. Alex, thanks for joining us here. Welcome to the program.
2: Well, uh, thank you. Uh, thanks for, ha- for having me. So how do we go about
1: determining what the impact of this has been? What, what, what do the federal numbers tell us?
2: Well, the, if you look at the raw numbers, uh, it, it will tell you that the revenues have been falling from, uh, from uh, 2015. So in 2016 tax year, uh, the income tax revenues from the 1%ers would, uh, are, are falling. Like they fell from billions of dollars, right? That's the raw number. Uh, what I did in my study is I I went a bit further. I took a deeper look at the at the at the data to um, to provide a more refined look at the, the the behavioral response. And I identified two two types of responses. The first one. Uh, it's um, it's something that actually happened in 2015. Uh, in 2015, the, rev- the tax revenues are in fact inflated because a lot of the taxpayers knew in advance that there were going to be a tax increase, and those are high-income tax filers with dividends and capital gains and and capital income that they are that they are able to move forward. Like so, so if there's a lot of uh, uh, of earned income uh, accumulated in the business. Uh, and dividends haven't been paid yet, and, and these um, these these business people were, were expecting to pay themselves those dividends in a span of you know the next five years. Now you know what they they can uh, they can say, well, I'm going to pay a bit less tax because I'm going to pay myself those dividends uh, way before I thought I would. So they do, they did it uh, in a rush in 2015, and I estimate that it's about 20 billion dollars. It's a lot of money that was like realized in 2015, but taxes were paid. That that's the important thing, though, is that taxes were still paid in 2015 on, on this reported income. Mm-hmm. It's, it just inflates uh, the, the tax revenues in 2015. So now after that, when you look at 2016, you find a huge drop in tax revenues. But it's partly because of that, because um, there, there was a lot of dividends uh, realized in, in 2015 that would have been realized in many years ahead. So that's one of the – but that's a very, very important behavioral response. Like it, it's, it's clear in the data. It, it's, a, it's a big number. So clearly, high-income taxpayers are reactive. Like we, we, we saw that. Right. But there's another response as well. And, and that's, the, that's the response that economists are, are most concerned about. It's the, it's the, it's, it's the response that underlies this. It's reduce work effort, for example. Maybe, like, if, if you, you know, when you're losing more than uh, 50 cents, like you're losing 54 cents, for example, in Ontario uh, on, uh, on the additional dollar earned, uh, there is less incentive to, uh, to to work more or, um there's definitely more incentive to plan your affairs to avoid the the tax as much as possible. The incentive the incentive is always there, but it, it's obviously greater. if The tax rate is higher, and and there is incentive to shift your taxable income in another in other jurisdictions to uh, shift it to other forms of income, um, like I just described, forward and backwards and things like that. And it and it affects the economy. It affects the economy uh, negatively, negatively. So that, that's another. Incentive. Thing. So, bottom line is uh, actually like you may raise the tax the tax rate, but uh, you may also end up reducing your government revenues instead of increasing them. So that's you know the background, and uh, so I, I in, in my paper I separate those two types of behavior, behavioral responses, and I I find that the underlying behavioral responses the one that's that's more concerning for the economy. Uh, was actually quite strong, but it it was it was, um, it was in line with. Um, uh, that's a preliminary estimate, by the way. It, mm-hmm. it, was, it was in line with uh, what we would have expected from the literature, actually. And, and the literature says that this response is quite strong at, at the 1% level of the top. The top tax filer, top income tax filer level, and, uh, and and the federal government actually did rake in some revenues. They would have raked in some revenues, uh, living out like that first behavioral response that I described, where people were moving uh, income forward. If you leave that out, they would have um, generated some revenues, like about a billion, not the three billion they wanted, but you know a billion out of three, which is which still which is still something.
0: Yeah. Uh,
2: Um, but it's, it, it's still like uh, it, it still confirms the fact that this, you know, raising taxes above 50 percent rate uh, on, on the top income earners is, is, is may, may not be the best thing to do. Maybe there's, there's better there's better tax policy.
1: Well, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, this brought in far less to the federal government. than They expected that it would. But this study also finds that it cost provincial governments about one point three billion in lost tax revenues. So why, why would it have had that impact?
2: Exactly. This is very important. It's it's important to realize that because like it, there's not that many personal income tax uh, policy that affects the tax base as much. It affects the the, the tax base is the taxable income, right? And it affects the taxable income a lot at, at the high at at the high ta- high earner level. First, because they have a lot of income and they pay a lot of tax, but and they have this capacity to to move their income around. But when the taxable income base, uh, uh, you know, is reduced, the provinces don't get the the benefit from the higher rate, right? They, it's the federal government who gets that benefit, so they have no benefit from the higher rate, but. You know, they share the same tax base, so they have a reduced amount of tax revenues themselves, and the and the the amount of tax revenues that they get less is taxed at the higher rate, so it's very expensive. So it's 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 actually expensive for for the other uh, the other level of government when one when one of the one of the government, whether a province or the federal government, uh, raise uh, raises its top tax rate. So it's, it's we call that the vertical externality, and it's it 's actually quite bad like if, if the federal government would do would reverse uh, its increases of the top, top tax rate right if it would revert it to what it was before let 's say twenty nine percent yes, it would cost some money federally, but the provinces would benefit from that if if the taxable income basis increases so it it's in a way like it's it would be a good policy because provinces need the money.
1: Well, for, for Canada, and we've talked a lot about competitiveness lately, and, and so this, this comes in, into the equation here because we, we don't exist in a vacuum. We, we just had our neighbors to the south uh, introduce some, some tax reform. That's going to have an impact on Canada. We've got our other OECD competitors. This study points out that Canada's top combined federal-provincial income tax rate is amongst the highest in the OECD.
2: Yes, it is. Yeah, it, it is among the highest, and uh, that, that I, I think that's... Probably, the main point we should remember from that study is there is we, clearly there is a lot of responsiveness at the top income level, and we have a competitive problem now with the United States, so an easy thing to do would be probably like let 's say like we keep, we keep the rate at thirty two percent federally we don 't change the tax rate, but it, but we do like they do in the United States like we increase the threshold like instead of the top tax rate. Uh, so starting to hit at $200,000, it would start to hit this at $400,000. Like It's much higher in the States, right? The top tax rate doesn't hit at $200,000 in the States. It's at a much higher income level. So you do this and what happens is you don't change the rate, but you become much more competitive, and it doesn't cost you that much. It costs you maybe like $500 million a year federally, but again, provinces benefit. There'll be, there'll be revenues for the provinces because the taxable uh, base increases a bit. And it doesn't need, doesn't need to increase by that much to get a lot of revenues for the provinces because, again, those are the incomes that are the most taxed. So it, it becomes good for competitiveness, and it, it also becomes good for provinces, so two to there's desir- are desir- desirable policy objectives.
1: Well, and uh, if nothing else, it's it's a warning, right? Or it should be a warning that you know where it might be good politics to say tax the rich or let's make them pay their fair share. That in the real world there are there are consequences and unintended consequences of that kind of an approach.
2: They are, but I- in fairness, like we also sh- sh- we also also should mention like the the, f- the federal government uh, like. The, the government itself, like the, 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 in 2015, like w- w- when the Liberal uh, ran their platform, like they didn't really consider that behavioral response. But afterwards, uh, after they were elected, when when the when the the Finance Canada came out with their own estimate, they they had quite a sizable uh, behavioral response in their estimate of the revenue. So they knew about that, and uh, but what they did is they they devoted much more millions of dollars, like hundreds of millions of dollars to the C R A to uh, to fight tax avoidance, right? And if you can fight it and it works, then that's also a good approach, right? Because people cannot react because, you know, like you've you've given more resources to the A. I'm just I'm just skeptical. I'm I'm skeptical that there's there's a lot that can be there's a lot more revenues that can be uh, had by uh, increasing our anti-avoidance enforcement by the CRA, it, it's already pretty strong the way it is. Like, how much more revenues can we get for the for the for the hundreds of millions of dollars we're, we're investing in this? But you know, like in, in, in fairness, maybe it will work, and and maybe like these revenues will will materialize eventually. So that's. That's something to consider too. Like maybe I'm wrong and they're right. Like it, at this point, we don't really know. Yeah. But um, but but yeah, it, it, it's everything seems to indicate there there is uh, there was a, a large uh, behavioral response, and um, it seems it, it seems to me that it, it you know exceeding uh, let 's say a fifty percent like a t- top tax rate like if 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 your if your tax rate is greater than fifty percent uh it may be too much you know like even psychologically right like it's kind of a barrier like you're losing more than half of what you earn to the government uh it may become a barrier like it's the it, a lot have been said around that, too. Like, there's a psychology around a top tax rate that exceeds 50%. I know in Alberta, Alberta the top tax rate is 48% right now. It's, it's quite close to 50 It doesn't exceed it. But it, it does in Ontario, it does in Quebec, and many other provinces. So,
1: Well, much more at uh, cdhow.org. Alex, thanks so much for joining us here this afternoon. Appreciate it. My pleasure. Take care. That is uh, Alex Lauren, Director of uh, Research at the CD how Institute, cdhow.org.